This isn't going to be like one of my usual episodes. This is a message that I want to get out and something that has been weighing pretty heavy on my mind lately. So I wanted to make this bonus episode to address it. And I do not want to make anyone feel bad or feel like they are not doing enough. I just kind of want to point out a few things that I have heard in passing over the past year since I started sharing. As I sat and watched the fireworks the other night with my son, he reminded me that that is where I taped my very first TikTok video. I remember it just like it was yesterday. It was just fireworks. I did not even know how to make a video at that point. I actually put the hashtag in the text section on the video. But it was not long after that night that I had started sharing my story on TikTok. And it felt so empowering to make video after video and to see all the love and support. But after a while, I began to see comments that didn't feel so supportive. And that is actually why I decided to make this podcast because I was tired of reading those comments. They were not always bad. Some were just a lot of noise. Some were questions that I did not feel comfortable answering. And in the beginning, I felt so obligated to. I felt obligated to tell people that was saying I was lying, that I was telling the truth and to try to prove it somehow. I felt obligated to answer other people's questions no matter how ridiculous they were. And I began to become incredibly stressed. A single 60 second video began to become so much work. Everyone told me to take my time and pace myself, but there was a part inside of me that knew that that is not what most people wanted. And I began to become so drained emotionally. And I had to eventually learn that it was my story that I was telling and that I got to tell it exactly how I wanted to. And I needed to stop trying to please other people because I did not have to do that anymore. I wanted to raise awareness by telling my story, but I was being demanded things that I was not ready to talk about. People wanted to know my clientele list They wanted to know the names of my parents and where they lived. They wanted to know where I lived. They wanted to know where all of these things happened. They wanted to know so many details that actually was putting my own life in risk. And no matter how many times I said that, nobody really seemed to care. There even were times where people would ask extremely inappropriate questions about my daughters. And if I refused to answer, they demanded that they needed to know the answer to the questions, as if I wasn't capable of protecting my own children. I think a huge part of awareness also needs to be how we treat survivors. I want you to think about one of your friends and if they came up to you and said that their house had been burglarized, would you demand to know every single thing of theirs that was stolen from them? Would you demand that they instantly run to the police, even if they told you they were a bit shaken up and just wanted to give it a few days so they could calm themselves? 
would you accuse them of lying? There are so many horrific crimes that people experience in this world, but it seems like when it comes to sex crimes, like sexual assault and sex trafficking, people put an awful lot of pressure onto the victims. It is as if they forget that we are victims and that we are people. So that is why I'm making this bonus episode because I want people to understand that we are people. I understand the want for more information, but I also need people to understand that I share for myself. I am in no way obligated to save the world from sex trafficking, or am I capable of doing so? There is this phrase that I hear constantly that just irks me, believe survivors. Yes, I do feel that survivors should be believed, but I also don't think that people should be forced into it. I think everyone has a choice on what they choose to believe or not, and I don't think that anyone gets to take that choice away from them. And that goes to survivors too. I do not think that survivors should be our only link to ending sex trafficking. I don't think they should be forced to tell their stories because they may not be ready for that. It puts a lot of pressure on us. I can tell you there are so many nights that I have spent crying in my husband's arms, begging for him to find a way for me to be able to forget my past. It is too painful. I don't want to remember it. I don't want to be a survivor. I just want a normal life. And how is that possible when that is such a huge part of my life? How would that be possible when everyone says that we must listen to the stories of survivors to put an end to this horrific crime? It is not fair to put guilt on those that have been exploited. And whether it is intentional or not is irrelevant. It still happens, especially when you are consistently saying that the only way we can do anything is through other survivors. I stayed silent for an extremely long time because I did not think that people were going to believe me. There are days where I still don't. These episodes, as I sit and I write out the script before I record them sometimes, I have to go back and I change things because I feel like they're not worded right. I feel like if I use the wrong details that people are going to be turned away. Sometimes I have had entire episodes ready to go, recorded, edited, and everything. And then I changed my mind and deleted it because I did not know if it was the right thing to say. It is a lot of work and a lot of pressure to put on someone that has been through the amount of trauma that I have been through. I do my podcast because it is my choice to do so. I share my story, again, because it is my choice. But if we are constantly telling people that we need survivors to come forward to tell their stories so that we as a society can be more aware on how to stop this and to find signs, then you are essentially telling us that it is on us to save the world from the trauma that we survived simply because we survived it. And you are telling us that we must share our stories on your terms 
instead of waiting to share it on our own. We have had enough guilt. We do not need any added. The life of being a survivor is so difficult. I cannot even tell you how many times I have had reporters exploit my story and paint it in a way that it was not, just because they wanted that shock and awe. There is a dear friend of mine that was just exploited by someone pretending to be a journalist. I have had women steal my story, so that way they could use it to open up their organizations. They wrote it as if it was their own. Sharing is so difficult. I am judged, I am doubted, and a lot of times I'm exploited. And what kind of life is that for someone that has already survived being exploited? Why is it that I escaped something so horrible to not even be able to continue to live in peace? It is like I have this choice where I can either share my story and constantly be under the microscope and begged by all these people to help them do the right thing, or I can just keep it all to myself and let it eat me up inside like it did for so long. It's not a very fair choice to somebody, especially one that survived everything that I did. And then you have people that want to bring things in that have nothing to do with sex trafficking, but are just saying what society thinks is a problem. And I am not saying that these topics are not important topics because they absolutely are. They just do not have any place within sex trafficking awareness. We cannot talk about race. We cannot talk about economic class. We cannot talk about gender because all of those things don't matter in sex trafficking rings because sex trafficking does not discriminate. Some people will look at my parents and think that I was the product of rich white people, except they were only rich because of the money that they made off selling their own daughter. For the beginning of my life, we did not have a lot of money and we did not live in this beautiful house. The big fancy house we later moved into was paid for with me and my sales. So when we are constantly bringing in topics like those, it is not easy to sit here and say exactly how they apply and if they even do, because you cannot possibly know if the rich white guy down the street that is a sex trafficker only became rich because he was a sex trafficker. Again, a huge guesstimation, $84 million in 26 years is how much my parents made just by selling me. I have lived a very lonely life while I was trafficked and even now long after I have escaped. I sit and I look at the people that I have in my life right now that I can truly trust and it is a very small list because there are only a few people that never force me to tell my story. They do not tell me that it is my responsibility to save other people. They do not put pressure on me to live the life that society thinks I should be living. They do their own research or their survivors themselves that are not ready to speak their stories. And know that I would never force them to. 
There is this good friend of mine and she cannot even hear the words sex trafficking because it's too triggering for her. I'm slowly working with her to get her used to hearing those words so that way she eventually can get used to saying that that is what she survived because she didn't know that's what she survived. She did not know all the ins and outs just like I had absolutely no idea that I was sex trafficked when I escaped both times and I should have known but that was not a failure on any other survivor for not telling their story. That was a failure on society for not properly spreading awareness. And then you have all these conspiracy theories that just add into all of the nonsense. And all they do is make noise, much louder noise than the stories of survivors. There is no facts to any of them that proves that they are true. In fact, there is the exact opposite. There is an abundant amount of proof that they do not exist. But everyone wants to hear them because they sound so glamorous. The thing is, when you hear those types of stories, you will always be able to find some blog or fake website that will back up what you want to believe. And as long as you believe that children are in tunnels or in shipping containers or in some warehouse somewhere, then sex trafficking is far from you. But if you think about it being your neighbor trafficking their own daughter, it becomes so close to you and it makes you feel more helpless. And trust me, I do understand that feeling. And of course, I wanna help as many people as I can, but I cannot do it by myself especially when I have the whole world saying that I need to use my voice so I can help others. It is not the responsibility of survivors to inform the community of what they went through so that way they know what to do. It is the responsibility of the community to become educated so they can support the survivor. There are so many people that have gone through so many things but some of them, they do not even know what they went through, especially with sex trafficking. Because when the laws were written, they were written for the pimp prostitute type of sex trafficking. So if someone does not fit into that little bubble, the law does not always protect them. But people will sit here and they'll blame the police or they'll blame judges. But why isn't anyone blaming the legislators? Why aren't people demanding that laws change? See, people have asked me about the signs. They've wanted to know the names of my clientele. They want to know the names of sex traffickers. As if they would even know who my parents were if I did say their name. Or anyone else in the ring for that matter. But no one's ever sat down and asked me what law would have helped me. They do not ask about what laws would have saved me. They do not ask why I am not able to get the justice that I so deserve. A few months after I escaped my parents, I was kidnapped by a man. He had spent months grooming me. He came into my work and offered me help with everything that I needed. He seemed way too good to be true, but I was too damaged to notice. 
I had been in the support groups, but when I reached out to people where I was working, they said he was just being friendly, so I believed him, and I went with him willingly, or so I thought. I didn't even know that I had been kidnapped until weeks after when I went to visit my family and I heard him have a conversation with his cousin saying that I was never going to leave. That's when it finally dawned on me that I wasn't allowed to leave and that I had been being held captive for weeks and had absolutely no choices. And there's no laws to protect me against someone grooming. So there was no way to prevent the kidnapping from happening. And everything that he did just seemed so normal for me because it had been my normal for 26 years. And I do not blame the organization that I was working with or the support groups because I told them I was a domestic violence survivor. I had talked about so many things, but the lack of knowledge about sex trafficking back then is what caused all of that to happen and what caused people not to see what was right in front of them. I was kidnapped because people were not aware and I was not aware and that is what needs to change. But should I really have to sit and tell all the details of my kidnapping? Should I have to sit here and talk about all the things that he knew about me, that he used to groom me? Does all of that need to be told for people to finally start looking and researching to educate themselves? How many people have contacted their local sex trafficking organization to talk with them about statistics in their own town? How many have asked them if they could meet with an advocate or someone so they could learn? How many people have gone and Googled the truth about sex trafficking? How many people, when they hear one of these ridiculous conspiracy theories, have actually fact-checked it to learn that it is, in fact, a conspiracy theory and there's no truth in it? Or did people only do it once they met another survivor? Did they only do it when sex trafficking got close to home for them? Did people only become aware once they heard my story because it was a person that survived it telling them about it? I am not judging anyone if my story is what inspired them to search for the truth. That is exactly why I decided to start sharing it. But again, it was my choice and it has to be my choice. It has to be other survivors' choice. And if I don't want to share anymore, then I do not have to and neither do they. But my fear is, are people going to keep on wanting more? Are they going to continue to badger survivors if they stop sharing if i decide that this is the last episode i ever want to record are people going to be messaging me begging for more what happens if i decide to do electric shock therapy so i can forget my past for good what if i deleted my tiktok these are things that i should not be thinking about 
because they're not for my benefit. They're for other people's. But there is so much pressure on me and there's pressure on other survivors. And I really don't think people realize how much pressure they do put on us. Though I do think that for the most part, they are good intentioned. People just do not realize that it is not my responsibility. It is all of ours. It is society's responsibility. So this is what I ask for you. When you hear a survivor sharing their story, if you want to listen, then listen, because that is your choice. If you want to believe them, believe them, because again, that is your choice. But if you do choose to listen and believe, don't ask them details. Ask them instead how you can support them. Ask them what they need. When you ask about the details of our trauma, sometimes we feel pressured that we need to give more details because it's the only way that people will continue to listen. And with that, we have to re-traumatize ourselves. I have a script right now, just sitting there, that I sat the rest of the night and cried after I wrote at. And I do not know if I'm going to record that episode or just let it sit for a while. Because I ask myself, is it too much? If it makes me feel so dirty that I need to take a shower, is it going to be too much for people to hear? If I feel vulnerable just in having written it, what is it going to feel like once I publish it? But what choice do I have? I want to share. I want people to become more aware but I also need them to continue my work. I spend hours writing out my scripts. I have a script for every single episode I've done because of how traumatizing going back to those days are that if I am going to keep my emotions controlled, I need to read from a script. I record and then I have to edit. I read my script repeatedly just to make sure that it's perfect. And I even have to record some episodes multiple times. I try to keep people in mind that have already gone through this. So that way I don't trigger them. I try to keep people that have never gone through this in mind. So that way they fully understand the things that I'm trying to say. I spend an entire week for just one episode that is less than 30 minutes long. And I am so glad to do it. And I am so proud of the work that I have been doing. But it is only worth it if those that are listening continue to do their own research. Life is hard enough being a survivor. It is lonely and can be so exhausting. I want to help others as I'm sure so many other survivors do. But the biggest problem is just the amount of pressure that we are under to tell our stories. And people do not want us to do it for us. They want us to do it for their benefit. And I feel so selfish sometimes when I want to take a few days to myself. I feel like since I started sharing, I am now obligated to always be this symbol for the community and for other survivors. It is very trying on my heart because like I said, it is a lot of guilt. 
it is a lot of work and it is just a lot on my soul to keep going sometimes. I never want anyone to feel the way that I did while I was being trafficked, but I also do not want anyone to feel the way I do now sometimes. The loneliness is so overwhelming. The stress is sometimes way too much to handle. Most days I sit and I wait for some relief in it all, but sometimes it never comes. And I have had to adapt to this new life. I escaped alone and now I live my life as a survivor, most days alone. Survivors do not need to be pushed to name names or be reminded of the justice that we fought so hard for but never came. We need love. We need compassion. We need so many other things that you could not even imagine. And every day the list grows more and more for me on what I need. But I don't expect anybody to do anything for me. Nobody is obligated to make my monsters go away. Nobody is obligated to sit with me and hold me while I cry. Nobody is obligated to do a single thing for me. But the one thing that I cannot help but wonder is if anyone wants to do any of those things. I love all my subscribers here. I love all of my family that I have on TikTok. I love the few friends that have become family and are so supportive. I have a dear friend whose heart breaks every single time I talk to her because she just wants to save everyone. Her organization is amazing and does amazing things for survivors. And that is more than a lot of people do, but she doesn't feel like it is enough. And she doesn't realize that she believes the victim. She sees that there is a tattoo the victim does not want anymore, and she helps to get it removed, which is more than a lot of people do for us. She sees the problem, and she supports the victim. I have another friend who is my family now, and every single time I talk to her, she expresses how hurt she gets when she asks someone in her family to listen to my story and they refuse because she wants to stop sex trafficking. But see, she has reported different things that she never would have even thought about reporting before. And it is all because of the things that she learned from me. But it's because she asked me. She asked me how she can support other victims. She asked how and what she could do for us. And I believe that we need to start to change the direction on how we treat survivors. We cannot just sit here and expect them to come forward and tell their absolutely horrific stories. We cannot expect them to re-traumatize themselves for our benefits. It must be for theirs. Our stories are so precious to us. We have earned them. We have earned the right to tell them. We have earned the right not to tell them. And we also have earned the right to make the choice on which one we want to do. I want to help as many people as I can, but again, I cannot do this alone. 
I need people to reach out to their local anti-sex trafficking organizations and to offer to help them and donate to them because they are the people on the ground helping us. And there are not nearly enough resources. I need people to share accurate awareness. I need people to reassure me that I do not have to keep doing this. That if this was my last episode, that it was enough. If I do not want to remember anymore, then I should not remember. And I need people to tell me that everything is going to be okay. Because I am not always so sure of that. Since I started my podcast, I have had some of the most gruesome memories resurface. I work with my therapist and my advocate to learn to cope with these new memories, and I do. I take care of a special needs son, whom I also homeschool. I have a family. I have so many things in my life that I do not even get to sit down to work on my podcast until the middle of the night sometimes. I do it happily because I am so proud of it. And the whole point of this episode was just to express some frustration from something that I read on Facebook. It was someone trying to bring things into sex trafficking that have no place there. Because see, people want to make sense of something this horrible. And rather just sit here and say the words that I love that my husband always says, it's because sex traffickers are crazy. And I cannot think like that because I'm not that crazy. They try to bring all these things into it to make it make sense. But these things really have nothing to do with it. This is not a rich white man crime. This is a crime against humanity. This is a crime that affects everybody. It could be your neighbor. It could be the person that lives across the street from you. It could be the coach that your child plays basketball with that you absolutely adore. Sex trafficking is right on your doorstep. Every single person you encounter is potentially a sex trafficker. Every single person you encounter is potentially a buyer. And every single person you encounter is potentially a victim. It is up to you to figure out which one is not us survivors. But there are a few questions that I want to leave you with. If I decided to stop sharing today, would you continue to spread awareness? If I disappeared from the internet, would you come looking for me because you wanted to make sure that I was okay? Or would it be because you wanted to know the rest of my story? Because if you cannot answer those questions then my job is not done. And re-traumatizing myself to make this podcast is not worth it. So I am begging you, please make it all worth it.